Welcome to the Think Queerly podcast. I'm your host, Darren Steele, and this is a different episode because I've taken the sound recording from a video I did this week. So you're going to notice the sound is not as crisp or as deep as how I'm speaking right now because I'm in my room with a professional microphone making the best of it. But the content is really important in this video. And in fact, I would encourage you to go click the link in the show notes and watch the video instead. There is definitely a big difference between recording a podcast, just voice only, and speaking into video. Now, I found my preferred methods for imparting my message and my information is first podcasting behind the mic. I can sometimes really slow down and contemplate. And I don't have distractions of like watching myself on video. Have I got resting bitch face? Um, Am I looking away because I'm looking at my notes? And all these things that really unnecessarily distract me and take me out of the moment. Now, last week, I did a really deep post an invitation to experience things as they are in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. And I went deep. And a couple of friends uh, that I spoke with who listened to it, they loved it. But they said, maybe you need to break things down in some bite-sized pieces a bit more. And in this work I'm doing, studying the Tao teaching and thinking about empathy and oneness and humanity and how we can be the change we want to see in the world, sometimes I can get really in my head. And when I'm thinking about queer leadership and and what all that means, it's not that I want to dumb something down. I think if you really want to understand something, you'll listen to it again, you'll read it again, whatever form it comes in. I'm hoping that I'm speaking to and for individuals, listeners who really want to engage, who really want to think critically and think uniquely and queerly to be the change that they want to see in the world. So I brought this home to the right now, to the COVID-19 pandemic, and the video is called, Why Are People So Fucking Angry? And I did that purposefully as a, as a title because here I am trying to be more calm, more balanced, not so upset and off the handle. So playing with the language is fun because people are, some people are really angry right now and they're attacking people verbally because somebody jumped in front of them in line to return their empties at the beer store or at the bank or somebody's yelling at somebody else, condemning them for their entire life for having made one single mistake in the moment. And there's a lot of judgment going on. There's a lot of criticism going on. But there's a reason for it. And it's not just because of the pandemic. It's because of who we are as human beings and how we've evolved. So without any further ado, just know that when you listen to this, if you're not going to watch the video, you might hear some sounds in the background. That's because I'm outside walking in the park. But the message is there 
and one more opportunity to just click the link in the show notes and watch the video because I think it's that much more powerful actually watching me um, for my facial expressions as I take you through some of these. All right. Enjoy. Until next time. Why are people so fucking angry? (laughs) I am still challenged by wanting to just attack and get angry, especially on social media, and especially right now during the COVID-19 pandemic. I mean, really, who hasn't been upset by this or depressed or frustrated or anxious or stressed out about am I going to have enough money to pay my bills next month? Uh, When am I going to be able to see my friends or my family again? Uh, Will I have a job in two months' time? Now, it's May 26th, 2020. Things on a certain level are getting better. But go to Twitter, go to Facebook, probably even Instagram, and anyone, almost everyone, (laughs) seems to be attacking, on the attack. So-and-so did this. I'm going to jump on them. I'm going to pounce on them. They're wrong. They, yeah, well, some people are definitely wrong. Let's not have a debate about that. But this goes back to my question. Why are people so fucking angry? And I, I, I say that in a fun way because I'm going to offer some explanation to tone down that question. So fucking angry. I also just love saying fucking. Um, It's called hedonic tone. Let me explain what that means. The triune brain theory in neuroscience, really briefly, is that, well, first of all, we we come from animals. And we probably have inheritance from the reptile species as well. So we have what's called our reptilian brain, the amygdala, that small part of the brain sitting on the brain stem that keeps us safe. It either puts us into fight, flight, or freeze in response to extreme stress, which could also be caused, uh, called threat. So a lot of people are feeling under threat right now, right? Like for the reasons I've just said. Uh, somebody says something that you don't agree with when you're under threat, your immediate reaction, not response, your immediate reaction is then to attack to try and assert your rightness or better thanness. Well, our hedonic tone is set by how our amygdala takes in all of the stimulus, the environmental stimulus from our various senses, both external, like sight, smell, taste, touch, and internal, like um, intuition, uh, proprioception, how we feel the earth beneath our feet. So for example, if you felt an earthquake, that would be an internalized sense. And the amygdala is trying to figure out, am I safe? Like, can I proceed? Can I move forward and experience the world without feeling like I'm under threat? Without feeling like I either have to try and attack, fight off the attacker, whether that be metaphorical or literal, or whether I need to freeze in place and cower and almost try and hide. 
uh, or whether I need to run for my fucking life. Um, and that manifests itself in, in, in various ways, which I'm sure you can figure out of your own um, accord. So our feelings, our emotions are, are, are largely set by this hedonic tone. And I'm just watching where I'm stepping. Our, our feelings are made up by all kinds of predictions and responses over the course of our life. And those elevated feelings we want to have are usually associated with the next level uh, brain called the mammalian brain that seeks comfort, connection, love, and acceptance. And those are the good feelings we want to have. Um, So if you're running around with a very heightened hedonic tone, you're either going to be more angry or more argumentative or more frustrated or more um, aggravated for various reasons. And this brings me to another point. We are hardwired for negativity. It sounds awful, but that's the way our brains have developed. We're hardwired for negativity in the sense of we're looking for the negative, which is the threat or the stress. The amygdala is always asking, am I safe, am I safe, am I safe? And to say that somebody has a negative mindset or um, has a negative way of thinking is not actually true when you realize that it's about someone's hedonic tone is either so high that it makes them appear negative because they're always in threat. They're in a heightened, they are in a heightened uh, stage of threat response and they're trying to find prediction and response. And what that means is we, we are a computer in our brain and we have thousands, if not billions of patterns of behavior and habits that allow me to walk and talk into my camera phone and not trip. I'm not thinking about these things consciously. They're just happening. That's, that's one level. But then there are other things that we're not aware of, like I'm hearing there's a noise in the distance and I've decided it's not aggravating enough uh, to me so that I will stop my recording here. I'm just looking around to see, is somebody running towards me, perhaps, so that I would want to get out of the way? Little things like that. So quite simply, the more negative someone appears, the more they are under threat. And the more someone seems to be fighting and argumentative and attacking others on social media, especially now during the pandemic for not doing this or not doing that and blaming the person as if their entire life has been an absolute dismal and problematic failure. It's so over the top, but the problem when we are under that much stress and under that much threat is that we're no longer up in our prefrontal cortex, the youngest part of the brain our thinking, logical brain, where we can deduce, where we can reason, where we can plan out strategies, where we can dream our future and we can connect the strategies to how we're going to actually get towards that future. 
But the higher your hedonic tone, the greater the stress, the greater the threat, the more we go out of our mind in the sense of the more we go out of our logical mind and we go back into our ancient brains, which are designed to keep us safe. If we didn't have those ancient brains, we would be dead long, long before most of us could live past 10 years old. It's a mechanism that serves a great purpose, but in this modern age is very much challenged because we have taken care of so many creature comforts and controlled nature in such a way that we don't have to worry about these existential threats as much until suddenly the novel coronavirus shows up and we do have an existential threat and people are going out of their minds because they just don't know how to deal with this. It brings me back to what I said in my Facebook Live yesterday is that I was thinking that perhaps this was, well, COVID-19 is the most disruptive thing that's happened in the 21st century. And in my lifetime, I was wondering whether this was more disruptive to me than HIV AIDS. And I realized, no, no, HIV AIDS was the most disruptive thing in my life to date. The existential threat I experienced for years and years combined with like gay shame and it's like, oh my God, is this like somehow, you know, my comeuppance, so to speak. It's like, do I deserve as a gay person to die? You know, all kinds of things. We won't even get into That's a whole other story here that any gay person who has lived through the rise of HIV AIDS can probably relate to or knows many people who experienced the same thing. So going back to the question, why are people so fucking angry? Well, what I am trying to do with the way of queer leadership, with my reading of the Tao Te Ching, with my podcast last week, which went really deep and maybe a little too complex for some, is getting to that place where we accept things as they are. And that's a kind of a wisdom. And wisdom is a funny word because wisdom doesn't mean you're better than. Wisdom is a connection with the heart. Wisdom is a connection with inspiration because there's a, a big difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge for the sake of knowledge it's kind of an egotistical pursuit. Look at how smart I am and how much I know. Nothing wrong with knowledge. But wisdom is the witnessing of the world, the accepting things as they are through nature, through the natural order of things, and coming from a place of human-heartedness to simply be, to enjoy being, as opposed to trying, as opposed to leading from the ego. So the more that we take it upon ourselves to do the self-examination of why am I so fucking angry, to recognizing what we can't control, and I have a program that I created for that, like what's out of your control, that when we can understand what those things are, we can more easily move forward 
we can see the things that trigger us and make us feel like I'm under threat, I'm not safe. And we might be able to take action or choose strategies to catch ourselves in that moment to find what we can predict so that we'll know how to respond and we can get back into the front of our brain, the prefrontal cortex, to make logical decisions and to be the change that we want to see in the world. Because right now is a time of great disruption and disruption at the size and the pace at which it's happening right now provides the opportunity for the greatest social evolutionary change that we may have seen in a hundred years. And my invitation to you is to take the time to find silence, which is why I went out into the outdoors to do this video today. There's a bit of more tranquility to be outside. When you find yourself, when you catch yourself going into reaction, going into threat, can you take a few deep breaths? Can you count inside your mind or slightly under your breath backwards from five, four, three, two, one, just to activate the thinking brain? Can you meditate? Just by sitting and closing your eyes and letting the thoughts come and letting them go or use an app or go for a walk and listen to really tranquil music in nature and then come back and choose who you want to be for the rest of your day because it's one step at a time it's one better action at a time and the more intention you put on making those choices, the more emotional intention that you put into making those choices, and the more often you repeat those practices, the better you will become, the lower your hedonic tone, meaning less stress, and the happier and more content you will be finding the wisdom and the tranquility in this particular disturbance in the universe, in our lives, called COVID-19.